Welcome one, welcome all, and welcome back to the 25th episode of the Transform Your Game podcast. That's right, today is our quarter of a century milestone episode. And we'd like to thank everyone out there who's been following along for the whole ride, part of the way, or those newly listening. And speaking of those newly listening, you're probably wondering who this voice belongs to. And well, uh, my name is Richard. I have the honor and privilege of steering this whole podcast shindig as host and moderator. Uh, with me today is one of my normal handsome and capable co-hosts, who is more than just meets the eye, Kent. Constructicons, unite! And Kai won't be joining us today, but we do wish you all a big hey there from all members of our team, both past and present. Uh, we're joined by a third person this episode, though, in the form of an interview guest, as we periodically are blessed to have. We haven't heretofore had the pleasure of this particular person on the show, but it's very likely, if you found this podcast, that you have some form of familiarity with his name and probably achievements as well. Uh, listeners, please welcome uh, Carl Endres to the cast. He's a rules aficionado in his own right and helpful steward of the Facebook group, if not the Transformers TCG community as a whole. Uh, we're pumped to have you on the cast, Carl. First off, how are you doing? And secondly, did I pronounce your last name correctly? Actually, secondly, yes, you did, which surprises me. Normally, people mangle it really badly. Yes. Um, Though usually, uh, since a lot of people don't actually say my last name, it's in mail correspondence that I get it uh, wrong, and I've seen some really awkward misspellings. <laughs> but um, thank you very much for the warm welcome. I do greatly appreciate it. Uh, for those of you who uh, don't know me by the name Carl, I also go by the name Technomagus. Um, you see me floating around on the Discord, on, on the various Discords here and there. Um, I actually uh, have been very in tune with the rules, having been uh, voted onto the Akitas Rules Committee, among other things. So um, it's definitely been an interesting journey with the, uh, with the state that the game's in right now, but I'm, I'm still looking forward to what we have to offer. For sure, man, for sure. Uh, and we're going to dive in with the actual interview here in a bit. But first, we're going to cover some quick housekeeping slash news announcements type stuff. Okay. Um, so firstly, on the Tournament Frontier, a few announcements. We have word of two upcoming webcam tourneys. Uh, they're here in the near future. The first of which is the next tournament in the Alpha Trion tournament series hosted by VectorSigma.info through their Patreon. Uh, Kai and I, I don't know if you've been listening at all, but uh, uh, we've gotten to do several of those now. And they've been overall just really great events, run pretty smooth. Um, we actually know the format for this next coming event is going to be Junkion, the common rarity printed only <laughs> format for the Transformers CCG. Nice. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, with a ban list, there's a little caveat. So you can't play a three wave four powerhouses, which is Sergeant Springer, Private Powertrain, the head of the uh, off road patrol, or Raider Tailwind, the head of the airstrike patrol. Because um, <laughs> they're all, all three of those cards are just absolutely so insane. Um, uh, so I'm really stoked about the format uh, in particular. No Titan Masters or body modes in sight makes me so happy yes. on the inside. <laughs> um, and secondly, it seems as though the uh, I the Matrix tournament series will be starting their second tournament soon with a Wave 5 constructed format that has a lengthy set of restrictions intended to shake things up. Um, I know that they were, I think they were going to ban several cards and I think you could like, you couldn't play any super rares. It was, it was like five or six things. Um, yeah, I, can, I actually have uh, that off i know that off the bat it's uh no super rares no ptt and no daring escape as well as no sky shadow sync and no horrible or perceptor yeah so just that just those like six 
restrictions. <laughs> but Quake gets to live on. Hey, man. <laughs> I think Quake without Horrible will be Nerfed, like much yeah. more tame. Yeah. But uh, who knows if that's... Yeah, anyway. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that the cream of the crop with all those restrictions might look quite different from the current dominant pillars in the broader Wave 5 format. Um, if either of those events interest you, they should be easy enough to find the posts on the Transformers TCG Facebook group. If not, just message me. I'll dig them up for you. It's not a big deal. Um, uh, additionally, on the content side of things, uh, we as a channel and a team are still recording weekly games of Primus, a really fun multiplayer variant of the Transformers TCG you can play with your family or friends or over webcam. Uh, we've got, I think, seven episodes up on our YouTube channel in a playlist as of the time of this recording. But if you haven't gotten a chance to check those out or play the format for yourself, you should really give it all a try. Um, and while you're there, go ahead and check out the deck profile Kent re recently did uh, about the second coming of COG combo. That menace of the metagame. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, you got to respect that deck. It's no joke. Um, oh, and lastly, uh, a players committee update. Kai isn't here, but uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't fill our listeners in on what's going on uh, with us over there. Firstly, we've set on a name for the for the uh, like sets cards we're releasing. Um, our first release and likely something similar for those that follow will be termed the Alpha Alpha Trion Protocols, uh, play number one for the first release. Uh, we I believe we're adopting that moniker minus the numeral for ourselves, um, and we also hosted a tournament of playtesters outside side of the group uh, just for you know community engagement some outside fresh eyes on things last weekend or the one before depending on when this is released and gotten a ton of great feedback to advance and revamp a couple of things um, the cards look to be a lot of fun too and we've also got our sights on our future endeavors uh, so keep an eye on updates for that okay enough jibber jabber uh, you guys ready to actually dive in let's sure. do it all right, Kent, why don't you uh, ask the first question of our esteemed guest which I think he kind of answered in, in part but still yeah, yeah. So, Carl, in the event of some people that aren't as familiar with you or what you do in the community and what you're going to be doing specifically in the community, um, could you fill them in? And just a quick aside, how did you get introduced to the game? So uh, we'll do the aside first, since that's the shorter story. Yeah. Um, I've been a fan of Transformers for pretty much my entire life. I was born in 83. I got into this franchise probably when I was like five or six with Generation 2, and I've just followed it all my life. Um, though, Funnily enough, I never really went to any conventions. I went to one BotCon years and years and years ago. I think it was the 2001 or 2002 one, but that was the only one I ever went to just because of lack of means or lack of interest because I've never really been a big social person. But anyway... Um, I saw the game first, uh, was first announced back in uh, the end of 2018, and I thought, huh, that looks kind of neat, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off on just a little bit because I want to see where it goes. I did buy a starter set. Uh, I actually ended up buying two so that a friend of mine and I could play full decks as opposed to the, the two-player demo that's just beating each other's faces in with uh, battle flips instead of actually playing the game. Um, I also bought the Metroplex deck, and I never opened it at that point. I just kind of bought it to, it's like, oh, cool, Metroplex. I love cities. And then they announced Wave 2, Rise of the Combiners. And I'm just like, well, I'm in. I might as well, because I love Combiners. Combiners are my uh, are my favorite part of the franchise. And as soon as I saw Optimus Maximus, I'm just like, done. Here's my money. Take it. <laughs> Take it and go. Um, so that that's how I got into the game. Uh, and and then being quick, that it's a, a Wizards game, um, I fell in love with the, the mechanics and it really quick. Um, I've been playing Magic the Gathering for over 23 years. Oh, man. Um, so I know, uh, so a lot of, 
a lot of aspects of magic in terms of like rules and timing did carry over to Transformers, but not all of it. And so there's a little there's a little disconnect here and there, but it was pretty easy to, I guess, work out the kinks. And that's what really got me interested into the rules of the aspect of the game. And I started just, uh, I basically just started becoming a bit of a rules guru for the game, which segues nicely into what I'm doing. Uh, as I, I've mentioned in various other places, I'm actually currently in the process of writing a, a full comprehensive rules for the Transformers trading card game. It's a bit slow going. Um, I think I'm How around- How long the, is it right now? Uh, just right, so now? right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say that I'm maybe around 10 to 15% done and it's already over 18 pages. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but well, this is something that we needed. We do need we it. desperately yes. needed. Uh, to, to put it in perspective, the Magic the Gathering comprehensive rules is over 700 pages long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm not even at a tenth of that right now. Um, I'm not even at 5% of that. To be fair, the game is you know less than a twelfth as old as Magic. That the is Gathering, true. So that is true. It also has nowhere near as many mechanics or as many um, a as many rules quibbles that need to go into express detail. However, I will say, every single time I sit down to start working on this thing, I get to a point I realize, oh crap, I forgot something. I need to add a whole another section. Oh, for sure. Or, for sure, for sure. or rather, uh, start a whole nother section to get to eventually when my procrastination decides to let me. <laughs> Actually, that's a, that's a really nice segue um, because one of the things that I wanted to ask you about, you know, you're speaking about rules, was that uh, you've more recently become a part of a group that I think you mentioned earlier, but rules consultants within the, within the community called uh, Equitas. Yes. Uh, so, what exactly is that? Who is who's it composed of? And what is that set of individuals trying to accomplish within the community? Okay, so the Equitas is uh, eight or seven people. Um, it's myself, uh, Wes from Powered by Primus, uh, Nick Petrosidi from Blues on Attack, um, Dan. I think we had Nick on here. Huh? Memory serves. I think we had Nick on here as an interview. Is that, mm -hmm. that Nick or Lee? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, well, uh, Nick, um, Dan Arnold, uh, the Energon Invitational winner and also member of Team Vector Sigma, mm -hmm. um, Cameron Estahami. Uh, the arbitrary hero. Um, let me see who else was it. Uh, oh, geez, what's his name? Uh, Enrico. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Is it He's boring? the guy who runs Computron's lab. Is it Borelos or Bor? Bor I I don't know. Uh, I don't right. actually have his name in front of me. Enrico, uh, and then finally, us. oh, what was that? Said Enrico, forgive us. Yes, <laughs> but uh, the and the last member is Henry Yandel, um, who is also on. Uh, who's also on the uh, Vector Sigma card creation team, um, as well as he, uh, he and I have been collaborating together a bit on the on the comprehensive rules. Mostly I've been writing it, and he's just been chiming in here and there with uh, comments where he thinks things need more clarity or suggestions as to what we need to cover or what should be covered in different sections. Um, but he's actually been a huge help. Uh, he also runs the tftcg.info page, uh, which is another nice repository of rules and, and uh, basically a collection of all the rules roundups that Wizards has made. So it's definitely a good starting point if you have any rules questions that aren't immediately answerable. Yeah. 
I don't know if uh, you've ever tried to scour the actual rules roundups. Oh, believe but, me, I, I do it all the time, and it is as much of a pain in the neck, or it's even more of a pain in the neck than you think it is. Because <laughs> when I answer people's questions on Facebook, I actually go into the roundup. And I'm like, okay, here, here, here's something, a similar situation. Here's how it works. And people are like, well, this, this is different because I have a different character. They didn't rule in this specific character. And it's like, precedent, please. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Oh man. Um, uh, so Ken, I, I think uh, you had another question for him regarding just like you know the game at large. Yeah. So when you played Transformers, were you doing it uh, because you enjoyed the IP so much? Like uh, like when you said the combiners got introduced. Um, were or were you a hey? I want to be super competitive about this game and travel and try and place her eye in tournaments, or was it just the mechanics and how the puzzle of the whole thing fits together? Um, what did you enjoy most about it? So a little bit of number one and a little bit of number three. Uh, I've never really been a competitive player. I, I'm always uh, I, I'm the first to admit that I am a filthy casual in all thing in all games that I play. Um, though I do make it a point to know the games that I play in and out to make sure that it is being played correctly. Um, not to rules lawyer my opponent, but rather to make sure we're both having a good time and nobody's doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I've, like I said, I've been a huge fan of Transformers all my life, so I, I, the IP sold me on it. And then once I actually started playing it, I'm like, hey, these mechanics are really simple, but there's actually a lot of depth to them. Uh, and, and it kind of reminded me of a, another board game that I play called Sentinels of the Multiverse, uh, which is a, a card-based board game. Really simple mechanics, really in-depth gameplay, but that's more of a PvE kind of game where players are working together versus the game itself as opposed to PvP, where you're fighting each other to win the game. Makes sense. All right. So before the whole pandemic hit, what was your local community and group uh, like in terms of their play size and all that stuff? So my local group um, was small but really tight-knit. Um, I'm located in Maryland uh, near uh, Baltimore. So we had so there were two major stores that were running the game in that area. There was uh, there was games and stuff. My home store in Glen Burnie, and then there was uh, oh geez, <laughs> can't remember. Oh man, Tom's gonna kill me. I can't remember the name of his store. <laughs> giving up all that free publicity, man. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but they they were located uh, they were located on the other side of Baltimore in Abingdon. Um, wasn't critical hit uh, or no it was critical hit games i want to say it was um but either way uh so part of the crew was from part of the crew was local part of the crew was from critical hit and uh we we intermingled on various times because they had they took the weekends and we had uh thursday nights um oh. for like casual play and then every uh once a month games and stuff would ho host uh the store until or we keep the store open until midnight so we'd have an actual like constructed event or a draft event um or a limited event, basically just try to have some fun with the game. Uh, but it was mostly just pick up and play games whenever we had the free time. That's uh, awesome. I actually converted a couple of my magic locals to the game, um, which was really funny uh, because nice. one of them, uh, oh, no, it was great. Uh, Logan, uh, one of one of my locals, he, uh, uh, he started off the game. Like I introduced him to the game, and he's like, "Oh, this is kind of neat." And he's like, "I'm not going to get into it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to build one deck." He started off with Metroplex. He's like, "I'm just going to play Metroplex." 
and then he bought King Starstream, and then he trolled a whole bunch of EIQs with me over the course of the uh, over the course of the Invitational season, and and so what started out is oh this is just going to be a casual I'm just going to have he has a King Starstream deck he has a he built Secret Sentinels he built Metroplex and he just. Uh, he, he just got, just went whole hog into the game. That's awesome. Um, so so I mean, you guys traveled around to EIQs. Did you go to any other big events like Gen Con or Origins or the or the EI? Uh, I place or I actually qualified, so I got into the EI. Um, I ended up playing uh, Secret Sentinels at the EI because I'm the guy who made the deck, so I might as well. Um, and I ended up placing, I want to say it was 68th overall. I went four and four in the constructed and two and one in the limited. So a little over 50% win rate, or not four, four, three and three in the constructed. So it was, I was, uh, five and four overall. Gotcha. Um, I ended up losing to, uh, last minute rules changes twice during the course of that event, which uh, I'm still a little bitter about. Wait, wait, what? Can you refresh our memory on what those were and what happened? So right before, uh, about early in November, right after Siege 2 dropped, they released the expanded rules that, that said all the, um, that was the this this is the this is the closest thing to a comprehensive rulebook you're going to get before the EIQ essentially that went over mm -hmm. the the details in combat and it went over uh, the tiebreaker procedures. Um, the original tiebreaker procedures was at the end when time is called at the end of the game count up the total amount of damage in on the battlefield and in the KO area. Whoever has the most damage loses. In case of a tie, you flip cards till the first player flips an orange, and then the player who flips the most oranges wins. And in case of a tie there, then you flip a coin and whoever wins the coin flip wins. About a week before the EIQ, the tiebreaker rule changed to what it currently is, where now you count total health remaining instead mm -hmm. of total damage accrued. So Sentinels is no longer uh, kicked to the curb with, with that rule. <laughs> uh, and then they also changed it so that instead of flipping to the first orange, you flip to the first white. Um, still, have the, uh, still have the coin flip uh, afterwards if you can't do the flip to the first white uh tiebreaker anyway um then after that uh and that was the uh but they also changed it so that the health remaining uh tiebreaker only comes into play during game one or game three so if game two goes to time and the game is not over by the end of or by the time you hit the untap whoever won game one wins the match mm -hmm. so in round five I had uh, Jetfire, um, it was Jetfire, Blackjack, and the Hyperdrive was my team. Uh, and my opponent was Jetfire, uh, Sea Watch, and um, Stakeout. So I'm just like, so right off the bat, I'm like, oh god, the mirror. He got game one. Game two went to time. And I was not able to kill his last two characters. He had one damage left on his on his Sea uh, Watch. By the time we hit the untap, and I still had a very healthy jet fire, so as a result, I lost the match. Mm. And that was my that was my one loss in the limited portion. Um, and then the second rule change that I lost to. Uh, so in when the expanded rules 2.0 was first published at the beginning of November, they said that uh, battle pips flipped apply to the character after both players flip their battle cards for combat. So after attack flips, after defense flips. Um, also, triggers off of battle flips don't happen until after the defense flips as well, regardless of attacking or defending. So that, that means stuff like overwhelming advantage. 
Uh, however, oh, again, a week before the EIQ or the Energon Invitational, they changed the rule so that battle pips uh, apply immediately after being flipped, and they don't wait until mm -hmm. the defense flips. So, uh, in round eight, I get paired up against Lord Megatron tanks, and he's playing orange. And he goes, all right, well, here's a Lord Megatron. Uh, we're going to heat of battle, and I'm going to attack. I, I have an undamaged Lord Megatron in bot mode. You have an undamaged Optimus Prime uh, Gleaming Commander. I am going to attack with, I'm going to play heat of battle and attack with my Lord Megatron, and I'm going to flip six oranges. And you reshuffle mid-flip because of your tough three. So right off the bat, boom, 10 damage on Prime before I even have a chance to, to see what my defense was. I flipped uh, four blues, by the way, so Prime died exactly. Oof. Ouch. Yeah. That is rough. So twice I was on the wrong end of a rules change. I mean, it is what it is. It happened. I still placed in the top half of the competition, so I can't really be upset about that. Sure, yeah, man. Um, it's awesome to hear that you got to go to EI. I Honestly, like, the, the big tournament, uh, just traveling big tournaments and playing is one of the primary ways that Kent and I love to do stuff like this. So hearing other people's stories is almost like we're getting to relive those events ourselves just with a different story. It's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I, I had a lot of fun at the EI. I actually, um, I had Reckon Rule publish a deck tech article as well as a tournament report of my uh, of my EI uh, participation for Secret Sentinel. So you can read that over on their website. Not to plug another channel for you. That's fine. Hey, look, we're all we're all friends here. No yes, worries. Yes. Yes. Rec Rule does some great stuff, man. Like the Facebook moderators, cool guys. Oh yeah, um, they are they are they are great folk. I actually I went up to visit them a couple times uh, in Jersey when I was uh, during the the IQ season. Mm -hmm. um, I played in their IQ. I got eighth place, uh, and then I also played at a sealed uh, Siege and Siege Two event that they had right before the Invitational, just to get a little bit of practice for the limited format. Right. Uh, I actually really like that sealed format. Side note, not really related to anything in the interview. Just I, I enjoyed that sealed format quite there, a bit. There's a lot of the full sealed format is great. Uh, both Siege and Siege Two together, mm -hmm. there's a lot of fun stuff you can do. Siege One oh, by yeah. itself is kind of eh. agreed. Siege Two by itself is also is a little better, but still kind of you yeah. you really need both sets together to get the, that right mix. Agreed. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. But I had a ton of fun even just testing it too. Um, okay, so back to the actual interview things because I'm sure we could go on tangents for hours, but. <laughs> Of course. Um, I, I also understand that um, in addition to Equitas uh, and your other endeavors personally, that you're actually one of the contributors to the ARC project. I don't know if to call it a project or the group or... Um, I but, call it both. So yeah, but yes, uh, I yeah. was uh, I was brought on to the ARC project uh, primarily as like a consultant, you know, being one of the rules guys, it mm -hmm. helps to have a, make sure that the stuff that they're doing works, uh, first off. Um, also, uh, being that I have I have deep familiarity with Wizards products for the past 20, uh, 20 plus years. Uh, I know what their cards look like and I know how they word stuff. Yeah, so, company is a big, a big thing for sure. Yeah, that, 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 that's... And I do this with Magic Customs all the time as well, where I'll just go into a, uh, I'll just go into a, a thread for like uh, custom cards and say, okay, so here's what you're trying to do. This is how it would wor be worded if it looked like a real card. And sometimes it works. Sometimes people are like, no, that's not right. And, and then Wizards prints that mechanic and it worked exactly the way that I put it. And I'm like, told you so. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I know you guys are engaged uh, in a large-scale card generation endeavor. So I just wanted to know um, if you had any insights as to what does that look like on the inside of you guys? How do ideas come up? Who's in charge of doing what thing? How do you test? So, so a lot of it is um, it's just brain to work. Uh, uh, just uh, you come up with an idea, you throw it out there, say, "Hey, what is this? How's this sound? Does this is this a cool idea or is this a bad idea? Um, I have a really cool idea for a character. Can we fit it in? Uh, what happens?" And then we 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 basically just throw out a, the idea of the character, stats, abilities, or the battle card, the pips, the, the abilities, and so on. And mm -hmm. then afterwards, uh, we we get a yay or nay. Is this too powerful? Is this too weak? Is this undercosted? Is this overcosted? We test test and test and test and test and make sure make sure it feels good make sure it fits well with the other cards that already exist make sure it doesn't overshadow or undershadow um and just make sure that it works uh so we want we we're not trying to break anything but we are trying to make sure that what we're making is something that you'll be able to say hey i want to build a deck around that and have fun with somebody else who does or doesn't have their own cards from the set as well so sure. uh not trying to like polarize oh our set is going to be the new meta kind of like how titan masters kind of took over everything once they got released with you with you small exceptions <laughs> um but uh it, it's just uh a lot of the stuff since um so there there's three main contributors to the project which is wreck and rule powered by primus and blues on attack there, those are three big groups along with myself matifer and uh comic or Mike the Comic Man, I think he goes. I can't remember. Uh, Mike King. Um, Mike King's our big art guy. He's the one who's been developing all of the templates and, and does a lot of the art for us, a lot of the art in Photoshop for us. Though um, Nick and uh, Nick and Wes also do some of it as well. Um, but uh, he uh, and then Matifer's an ideas guy. He's just throwing ideas out left and right and left and right. And so many. Uh, some some of it hits the wall, some of it doesn't. Eh, it's here and there, but he ha he has some good stuff. I started, like I said, I started on as a proofreader, uh, copy editor, making sure it looks good. But they did give me a few card slots. Um, I have a I have a character. I have and I have three battle cards that are going to appear in the set um, once it actually releases. And then uh, there, there's a whole bunch of really fun ideas that I think people are really going to enjoy once uh, once we actually get everything finalized. Because uh, we're getting pretty close, but we're not quite there yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So as a follow-up to that, actually, um, I believe you actually brought a spoiler here today from you guys' set. Um, yes. So why don't you go ahead and tell us about that, what it does, and where you'd be excited to see it. Sure. So the card I created is something that I always wanted to see. Uh, so... Actually, let me. I'm going to say you again a little bit. Back in uh, Wave Four, uh, I well, actually, starting in Wave Three, I created a Google spreadsheet that I share that I shared around a bit. That was basically just a kind of a checklist spoiler sheet of every card that appeared in the set, with some more details here and there. And it, it was just whole bunch of observations about stats, stat lines, star count, character traits, uh, battle icon, pip colors, and things like that. And when they revealed wedge formation. I thought to myself, oh, that's really cool. A triple icon that's not a star. Well, they have one for orange, black, green, so they should have one for blue, black, green as well. Mm -hmm. And instead of that, we got reprocess, which was um, not a bad card, mind you, but definitely a why didn't you print this card, wizards? <laughs> my my uh, pattern completion demands it. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Wave 5 released, and they printed another orange-black-green card and lose the initiative, but did not print a blue-black-green card to complement it. Well, they hate um, blue-black cards. They, like, they try not to print them if they can. <laughs> yes, actually, they, they, they do. So what do I do is I go and make one. Uh, and the card that I'm showing to you today is one that I designed called Assault Formation. So it's an action card. Uh, it is a black, blue, and green like, battle icon card. Um, it's intended to be a common. It's kind of a mirror to wedge formation, but it is a... Uh, but uh, since this is just a print uh, demand set, com uh, rarity doesn't really matter unless you're going with like the Junkions uh, format, which is the all commons mm -hmm. format. Right, right, uh, but right. anyway, so th the this was just uh, an idea I had off the top of my head of uh, a card similar to Wedge Formation in that it benefits you for, uh, it has different benefits depending on if the character is melee, ranged, or specialist. And when I was brainstorming the card, I thought of the scene from Transformers the movie when um, Springer, RC, and Ultra Magnus land on the planet of junk and they start getting attacking by attacked by the Junkions. Springer, I mean, Ultra Magnus and RC uh, fan off to start fighting them, and then Springer transforms into Copter mode to fly away. So that uh, that basically gave me the idea for how to uh, word it. So uh, going from top to bottom. It, one of your melee characters gets bolt two, so that represents RC going off to start scrapping. Uh, one of your ranged characters lets you move a damage from them to an enemy, so that's Ultra Magnus. And then you flip one of your specialists to a different mode. So that would be Springer, because Springer in Wave 4 is a specialist. So perfect trio, because the Siege, Ultra Magnus, Springer, RC is ranged melee specialists. Uh, so the uh, perfect tank, I mean, grand, you can't run that team with this card in Transformers unless you're playing like a, a high star cost format. Primest, like for example. Yeah. Uh, actually, <laughs> let me see. That's what fourteen twenty-six. Yeah, uh, RC is eight. Which RC? Not... There's a, there's uh, a wave, wave RC. three RC. Okay, so she be eight. She's eight. Well, they're yeah, also you... all oh. Autobots, right? So you get to play Heroic Spotlight, which which could account for the Magnus armor if you wanted to. Oh well, there you go. You have your next Primus deck. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. Don't tempt me. Uh, but anyway. So th that was that was the idea behind the card uh, was to create a was create a card that would be have a similar function to wedge formation, but apply itself to different decks. Like you could play this in a uh, Captain Omega Supreme deck to give him bold two, so you can flip to your Pierce icons more quickly or your green icons. Um, it also since he's combined into a or since he combines into a melee ranged, it gives him bolt two and it lets you move damage off of him. So it's a heal card, just like how wedge formation would be healed, heal one draw a card with Captain Omega Supreme. Um, and then the specialist flip was a lot of specialists have really strong or have strong flip effects. So this is another, uh, this is basically another uh, rapid conversion for them. Um, but now, Unlike Rapid Conversion, uh, it's not a May for the flip. So if you have a specialist that you want to keep in one mode, you have to flip them. You don't get a choice in the matter. So hmm. that it, it is uh, something to keep in mind if you're going to be playing the card. Um, I also made sure that it is not a draw effect, just because uh, we don't want to risk Springer being able to abuse it. Um, and also not so as it doesn't emulate wedge formation that much. Instead, it, instead it's, a, it's a heal and damage for your ranged character. So I tried to switch up the abilities a little bit. Gotcha. Okay. Oh, I like okay. it. Cool, cool. Um, all right. Well, uh, I think, let's see. Um, I, so, 
You said you had three battle cards you were designing, so this is yes. this is one of the ones because I noticed it says in the. I'm sure we'll have a well like a spoiler of the of the frame in the card like in the actual video when this goes up because it says designed by Carl Andrus down in the yes. in the bottom right there, which is pretty cool. Yeah, uh, every card that we have created in the art project has the creator or the designer credited in the lower right corner uh, of who, uh, what person or pair uh, worked on the card the most. Um, to so my so my three cards, like I said, uh, you have assault formation, which I'm previewing here today. Mm -hmm. uh, the other two cards are secrets, and we're going to keep them secret for now. <laughs> oh um, man, can't fish any more out of you. <laughs> no, but I will. I will say the character that I worked on is uh, Specialist Countdown, and he's and uh, the reason why I mention Omega Supreme so much in the uh, with the assault formation is that uh, Countdown here is designed to work with Omega Supreme. Very cool. Yes, the one you're thinking of. The cool. good one? The bad one. Or the bad I am one. not going to answer that question. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully the good one, because I feel like the good one was close um, in a lot of ways. And if, you know, maybe Countdown was, you know, three-star dude, maybe not huge stats or something, but has I will, stealth I will tell in you, both modes but then prevented all peers stunned to Omega Supreme, like, then maybe Omega Supreme would be playable. Uh, I will tell you that Countdown is not three stars. Okay. Cool, so we fished extra information out of you. Perfect. <laughs> That's what you Just think. Just according to plan. Just according to plan. <laughs> oh, man. Can you want to hit him with the next question? Sure. So what is your connection to or understanding of the IP's larger core collection? Like, I'm the resident, you know, Transformers lore dude. And the interplay between, like, this amazing game and the expanded universe was always really enticing to me. Um, and even, even further so now watching Siege... Um, on Netflix, which uh, Richard, if you haven't seen that, it's got a lot of Jetfire backstory that you might appreciate. Oh, I have. I have. <laughs> you know I love Jetfire, man. I can't, I can't resist Jetfire stuff. Yeah, exactly. I really like that character, too. Um, are you much the same? And what characters are you excited to see people bring into the game? So, I have... Uh, I've been pretty in-depth in the lore. Um, I've always been kind of a choose-your-own-adventure when it comes to the lore um, because of there's so many different continuities, so many different reinterpretations of characters across those continuities. In different I've universes, never, basically. Yeah, Yeah, essentially. So it, it's there's no one ideal version of a character. It's just whatever you want that character to be. So, like, um, I, there are some aspects of the Bayverse films that I actually enjoyed. I mean, besides the whole turn your brain off and watch the explosions. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, they, they have their moments. They, they're not, like, they're, they're granted. They're not, like, prime viewing material. But they, they, they still have dirty pleasure or guilty pleasures every once in a while. Um, but I really enjoyed the original franchise, especially when they brought into Beast Wars, though Beast Machines is a bit of a sore spot for me because uh, of what they did to Rat Trap. Um, yeah, there's some there's some words I want to have with that man, uh, Robert Skier. But uh, <laughs> anyway, the uh, I really enjoyed like anything that had the combiners in it. I, I always enjoyed because, uh, like I said, I, that's one of my favorite parts of the franchise. The whole team of bots get together, become this big honking behemoth, and just scrap everything, which makes it 
unfortunately, I also realize their shortcoming is because they always have to appear together, and if one of them dies, then you lose the combiner and basically their whole point. Um, so they're they're kind of hamstrung in that. So as a result, it's kind of like hit or miss here and there. Um, but I also always enjoy the big guys, the city bots like Omega Supreme, Metroplex, Fort Max, Scorponok. Um, th those were always the the big chunky guys were the ones that my favorites. And then of course you gotta you you gotta have your primes and your Megatrons because they're like my collection is basically just all giant dudes, <laughs> all all the biggins. Uh, I, I do collect the the smaller guys and the deluxes here and there as I as they catch my fancy. Like right now, I have a Skylinks being ridden on by Snapdragon and uh, an Ape Face. <laughs> they're they're literally uh, Snapdragon is cowboy twin guns. We going yeah ha, and then uh, Ape Face is sitting on uh, sitting back to back with him, uh, keeping watch of the flank, essentially. Sweet. That's awesome. <laughs> I think a lot of people want to see a Skylinks card come to the game. I do so bad. I love that like character so much. Oh my god. I'm kind of curious how they would bring Skylinks to the card if they would, or bring Skylinks to the game if they would make him a combiner along the lines of Omega Supreme and Skytread, or if they would, uh, or, or if they would make him a single character that's just the, the full space shuttle that turns into the into the full body and not do the individual components. So it, it is definitely a, a curiosity how they plan on doing that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know. Okay, so now that we've gotten to cover some of the lighthearted stuff in the lore and things like mm -hmm. that, um, I thought I'd give you a, a hard hitter real quick. Okay. So, uh, I know that everybody here and many people in the community at large were hit pretty hard by the news of the drop of official support from Watsi on that fateful Monday. Um, it looks like this game and its community are intent, though, on keeping things running, if not expanding the operation even further. So what, if anything, would you really like to see from the larger Transformers TCG players and community in the near future or long-run future? And I recognize this is a big question, so if you need to take a, a moment to pause or anything, feel free to. Um... I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a little more context with your intent on that. Are, are you talking about what I expect to see from the custom cards that people are making, or what I expect the community to do as a whole, like where they plan to go from here? Uh, I think kind of like both of those things. So the card creation bit, I, I think, is probably implied, given that um, you and I and several other people are engaged in several endeavors, right, in, in that regard. But also, like, do you see a world where post-pandemic this appear, like, the game starts to resume a uh, like convention presence, or um, do you see, like, do you, you want to see uh, like an expansion of the game, anything like that? Like, I, I don't know if uh, like TF cons or bot cons or things that. Um, you'd like to see the game appear at, or if you'd like to see the game ex expand, maybe have like it's people try and develop their own third-party platform. It's aside from oh. Octagon or anything like that. It's larger, right? It's like it's a very okay. big, it's a context, not a context-free question, but it's a very, very broad context question. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I absolutely. So, yes, I fully expect the game to carry on um, because we have... We have a lot of people who are putting great energy and enthusiasm into first carrying on the game. Um, it's happened before uh, with uh, actually two uh, two old CCGs. Uh, if you've heard of the Decipher Star Wars card game or the old uh, WWE Raw Deal game by Upper Deck, those games died uh, very early into their life cycle. I want to say like maybe three or four years after they were created, but their communities kept the games going by creating custom cards, 
creating variants of cards, and they're still carrying on having tournaments to this day. Raw, uh, Raw Deal actually just had its 11th set, apparently, uh, someone said uh, elsewhere. So um, they're, they're still they're still chugging along, and I think I think Transformers can do something similar. Um, the big the biggest hurdle I see to it in terms of carrying on the game art assets. Um, yeah. Whereas Star Wars and Raw Deal you, were pretty much exclusively screenshots of still frames from uh, from movies and TV shows and and live events because uh, it's all it's all real stock photography. Transformers, being a fantasy franchise, doesn't exactly have those. Uh, or being a fantasy franchise that primarily in the written and drawn medium doesn't really have that kind of resource to work with. Though there are quite a few fan artists, it's just a matter of fronting the cost of their commissions to make them draw art for you. Exactly. But um, I do see, still see this game having a presence even uh, even a couple of years from now. Um, I would love to see it happen at BotCon. Uh, actually, it's funny because Henry uh, of the Akitas was uh, over on the TF2005 board saying, hey, we want to try and get a tournament going on at BotCon. I'm just like, oh, BotCon's in Baltimore. That's my back door. Do you need a judge? I'll do it. <laughs> um, but uh, the... Or well, BotCon 2021 rather, and it would give me an excuse to go to a BotCon again. Um, and then also, you have—I uh, I would love to see the games have a presence at Gen Con, at Origins again. I mean, granted, we won't have anything near the size of the IQ or the Invitron Invitational, or yeah. the—we won't have like an EIQ season. But Vector Sigma is still doing their online tournaments. Um, Team PTSD with the Eye of the Matrix. Uh, Jason uh, Crutchfeld with the Octagon tournaments. So that's still happening. Yeah. Um, I would love for an MTGO style client for Transformers to exist, though I don't know. Uh, it's kind of in a dubious legal position. And also, such a thing can't happen until we actually get a codified comprehensive rules for it. Exactly. Which, I, which I need to finish writing. Right, um, right, right. Which is why I wasn't implying that I, I think that that's a necessary thing is for us to have like an MTGO type client, but more, more just saying like, you know, the sky's the limit. Like, what do you want to see? Like, what do you, what yeah. do you, where do you see things go? Oh, I, 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 what I would love to see, I, actually, the, the, the greatest thing I would like to see is that when the pandemic is over and the world reopens and we return to a life uh, hopefully better than the normal that it used to be, that wizards like maybe two or three years down the line will say, we're restarting the Transformers TCG. We're going to release a reprint greatest hits of the first five waves. And then we're going to start making new content and all the old cards are still compatible and all the fan-created cards are allowed in the events. Ooh, you think the fan they would allow the fan-created cards? I'm not sure. Well, maybe with some exceptions. Like I, I would they would they would say like certain or certain fan-created cards. They they would do a curated list of what they think the best of the fan-created cards are. Maybe like a set uh and they would actually create official print versions of them with with accreditations hopefully. That'd um, be cool. So that way you could use them in official tournaments without having to just do print and play. That would be really cool. That would um, be I know the Wizards has a bit. Wizards tends to avoid like the, uh, community stuff uh, in Magic terms. Uh, they're I, actually contractually required to. Yeah, uh, they are. They are not, um, or at least with the Magic developers, and I, I would assume Transformers as well. They are not allowed to look at anything remotely resembling a custom card idea, otherwise, because it could taint their, uh, it could taint their design process, and as a result. Um, 
people could uh, I'm, I'm now granted I'm not a lawyer but there is basically fear that if they accidentally copy a uh, a fan created idea that fan could sue them for uh, copyright infringement right right exactly um, but yeah I mean who knows right like in the future with it, when it comes to this game if they try to restart it or if like if people like will you know willingly maybe maybe they could sell like a collective designs or something to the community or something like that with like a I don't know that's that's not it's not on us like to come up with the specifics of how that interchange would work. I just thought it would be a cool question to ask to see what you would like to see from the game. I wouldn't be shocked if in several years down the line they say that maybe it's worth picking up the Transformers game again, particularly if the community continues to be as lively as it is right now. They still and need to make a four-star helicopter. They do. <laughs> and we don't have Beast Wars. How do we not have Beast Wars? <laughs> hey, we also don't have the 86 movie set. Ah, so. I know. Anyway... Um, all right, well, that's that's all for that question. I know it was a really big context one. Mm -hmm. Image left field. All right, so uh, two last questions. Sure. Uh, since you are um, on the rules committee and you know, have done all this judging stuff with Magic and deeply know and understand this game, um, what is the exact date that Peace Through Tyranny will be banned? <laughs> I kid, I kid, I kid. I'm just kidding. Not the really. day Peace or um, Tyranny gets banned <laughs> is the day we get an acceptable double orange action that has a that has an effect with no star requirement that is not as overbearing as Peace or Tyranny. Though to be perfectly honest, I don't actually think Peace or Tyranny is the issue that people want to make it to be, but there are certain cars that definitely make it. An issue, and yes, Cog is one of them. So is Sky Shadow. So are uh, Titan Master. Look, not necessarily the Titan Master mechanic as a whole, but definitely in conjunction with Quake. Um, but the the thing of it is, the, the thing about Peace Through Tyranny that a lot of people don't really seem to understand is that it is an all or nothing card. You either win as a result of playing Peace Through Tyranny, or you are so far behind you lose the game on your next on their next turn. If they ever uh, get one. If they ever get one. Right, like I said, you either win or you die. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's, what, what, what is that? Is that a quote? Is it, it's like in the Game of Thrones. At the Game of Thrones, in the Game of Thrones, you either win or you die. You know what it is? I've actually never watched Game of Thrones. I think the I think you accidentally I quoted either. it. I probably did. <laughs> Our nerd cards are going to be revoked, Carl. <laughs> that's okay because I get to keep mine, and that's what really. I've never matters. watched Stranger Things either, so <gasps> you're going to be revoking nerd cred. Seriously? What are you season? doing with your life? Okay, Carl. <laughs> Other things. The, the yeah, next thing I expect season. you to say is, I've never seen Terminator 2. And it's like, wait, what? There's a second uh, one I've again? never actually sat down and watched through the entire thing, but I've watched the first half and I've watched the last third of it. Oh my God. Can I mean, be the second Terminator? <laughs> I kid, I kid. Oh man. Oh, I okay. That's okay. like asking there was a first Street Fighter. Yeah, no kidding. Oh Jesus. <laughs> we won't talk about that. Um, so, lastly, do you have any questions for us? Um, hmm. We like to ask this one. Sometimes oh yeah. It's flipped sure. the script a little bit. Um, sometimes people have asked some really good ones. We've had Drew Nolasco on. He's had some great questions for us. Yes. I miss Drew. All right. How about this? Uh, what character would you two that's not currently in the game would each of you like most like to see? Can't you go first? Oh, you already know what my answer is. I know. I, I think I answered this on a previous podcast, but uh, Scorponok, um, yeah, he's my favorite character ever. 
uh, especially from the G1 comics. Um, so it is Headmaster Scorponok, and golly, just had so much depth of character. Um, yeah, I really, really, really want to see uh, Headmaster Scorponok back um, into the game, back into the game. He was never in the game, but back into right. this part of the universe that I enjoy. Because he's in Earthrise, and I was like, oh, oh, here it comes. We're going to get the Earthrise booster box, and we're going to have Scorponok in there. And, oh, damn it. <laughs> but, yeah, and, that, and, I, and I want him to be, like, good. Like, really, really, really good. It feels like some of the Titans are just eh, maybe not as good as they could be. Um, in my life. So, okay. But, yeah, that's my answer. I, uh, my answer, I have, I have two half-joking answers, which is, uh, uh, and I have one real answer. So uh, Megatron and Starscream, like, don't re- they don't really have, like, good cards, right? Like, okay. as someone who plays the game competitively, like, I just want to see um, every Optimus, with the exception of maybe the one in this wave, has been relevant to the metagame at some point, right? And we've had... The Wave 3 Megatron did well in one competitive tournament, I think it won it, in the UK, and then none of the other Megatrons has been remotely good. Okay. Unfortunately. And I love Megatron. I like the bad guys. And then Starscream, he had Wave 2 Starscream, who is awesome, Um, like just a really, really cool card, informs your deck building, has a unique effect. but the Star Screams have kind of been terrible too, overcosted for the most part normally. Um, so I would love to see one of those two, like one of the five most iconic characters in the game, right? Are uh, Prime, B, probably uh, uh, Megatron, Star Scream, and maybe like Jetfire. It's okay. like the fifth one, right? So like, but Megatron and Star Scream, like I, I just don't think they like had really in evocative printings in any way, shape, or form. So um, that's a personal vendetta of mine. And then the card that actually, or the character who hasn't actually been in the game, I'd love to see Drift. Okay. I think Drift is a really, really cool character. The, I love to. See, I would love to see. Part of this is that I think the melee characters in this game don't get enough love. Um, right. And, and Drift would like kind of inherently be a melee character, like with the swords um, and just like an interesting story in the IDW comics. So that's. That's that's what I would want is drift. Okay, I'm unfortunately not as familiar with the IDW comics. Most of my Transformers was uh, consumption was the TV series and movies, so I haven't really read the comics. Well, um, I really need to get around to doing that one of these days when I have the he, time. Yeah, he's yes, a converted former Decepticon to the Autobot side of things. Okay. And he, he gets trained in like this secret uh, like fighting style where he ends up using these like dope swords. Oh, yeah, was, wasn't he uh, formerly Deadlock or something? Yeah. Okay, that's one. Yeah, I actually have his generations toy. Uh, <laughs> ironically, small cool. uh, was like, "Hey, qu- badass Autobot Samurai dude, uh, let's do it." <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, asking that question back to us. Um, I think it's it's one of those things. Like, Ken, Ken and I have talked about this offline before, so we kind of had our answers <laughs> rolled up, right? Um, uh, but I, so on that note, Carl, um, and to those of you listening at home, that will bring us to the close of episode 25 of the Transformer Game Podcast. We'd like to shout out our esteemed guest, Carl Endress, for being here and for answering our questions. 
course. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, And an even bigger shout out uh, to you, the listeners at home, out there in the ether, wherever you are, for giving us the purpose to come in, record, and cover all these wonderful tidbits surrounding the Transformers TCG. Um, All our teammates at Transform Your Game greatly appreciate you out there, and you can find our other episodes and more down the line on our YouTube channel, SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify. We'll certainly have some links in the description down below. Um, If you found the input and information here valuable, you can find more strategy, analysis, tournament reports, and more like it at transformyourgame.net. We look forward to being back to speak to y'all in two weeks' time, but until that time, clear eyes, flip bots, can't lose. <laughs>